to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, a podcast about history, true crime, and whatever life brings us. I'm Courtney, and every week I am joined by another fascinating person. Let's see what we're going to talk about this week. So let's welcome our new Patreon members that have appeared in the past month. We have the Murderific Podcast, Michael Lawson and Jules. Welcome to the collective, and thank you so much for your support, and thank to all of our Patreon members and hopefully i'll be getting some special treats out to you guys just make sure you have your address in patreon or message me your address and then i'll get something in the mail to you guys welcome back to the cult of domesticity i'm back with paul from varmints hi (laughs) (laughs) i'm assuming we're both having seltzer because i saved my pomegranate seltzer i'm having a delicious grapefruit flavored Lacroix. Or Pamplemousse, as it says on the can, which I so guess is fancy. French. Here, here we go. Ready for this? Oh, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's good. So it's well, be, since we've last recorded, the running of the bulls has happened, and someone got gored. Did they die? No, no, because of all the the hospital and medical treatment around, they got them to oh, the hospital. Okay, I was hoping that they took my advice and put pool noodles on the end of the on the end of the horns. No, I'm glad he's okay though. I'm guess I'm I'm assuming it's a he. Yes, it's an American. Of course. And I laughed because I actually saw people I knew went and I was just like, No <laughs> Why? Oh, no. I get you're stationed in Germany and it's really close, but still why? <laughs> it's not good. So only one casualty or yeah, casualty, not fatality. I can never so. I never could get that straight casualty or fatality because fatality means they're dead that's what i thought (laughs) yeah Yeah. fatality means they're dead but what does casualty mean that they're just tweaked casualty can mean dead or injured as i've always taken it okay i don't know maybe somebody can listening can can straighten that out for us one of you true crime people tell us if casualty and and what is a casualty yeah or Really just English people, because they know the meaning of all the words. Or or very smart English people. Yes. (laughs) For some reason, listening to this, (laughs) my horrible grammar, my horrible speaking skills, but... So we're going to talk about... Well, you're going to tell me about horrible things. So this is going to be a little warning. If you love animals, as we all do, reevaluate your life. Yeah. (laughs) Put those mental barricades up. Probably don't listen to work at work because you're going to cry. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And I may have I may have st- said this the last time we talked, but I've talked to people who listen to a lot of true crime and they can handle hearing about what serial killers do to people and 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 what happens to people when they're murdered, but as soon as the dog dies, they're out. So, yeah, just going in, the dog's going to die, just so you know. Yeah, so maybe make yourself a stiff drink, steal yourself. Yep. Settle in. So yeah, last time we talked about the running of the bulls. Um, that started in about the 14th century in Spain. But animals being used for entertainment, that goes back way longer than that. So you're probably familiar with the use of animals in, in Rome in the gladiatorial rings. Oh, yes. Yeah. Human Humans and animals. We just killed them there for sport. Yep, absolutely. But even before that, there's archaeological evidence that shows that lions were kept in cages in Macedonia as far back as 2000 BC. I'm not shocked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're horrible as a species. Yeah, and even, well, we're better now, but back then, you know, lions and tigers and stuff like that were 
more numerous. Like at one point, I think the the range of the lion and the range of the tiger actually overlapped a little bit, which they don't do now. They haven't done in a long time. But the lion's range would go all the way up into England. Oh, my God. There were a ton that would of lions. Be terrifying. Oh, yeah. But, you know, imagine back then you have all these lions running around and they're killing people, obviously, because that's what lions do. They're, they're predators. And so, you know, if you're a ruler, what what more of a badass thing can you do than to capture a lion alive and keep it in a cage? Like that was a status symbol. And so in archaeology, we see that Egyptian, Chinese, Babylonian, Assyrian, Roman rulers, they collected these wild animals to say, this is how much of a badass I am. I caught this lion or I caught this bears. So it was like elephants, bears, giraffes, big cats, anything that could bite you or kick you to death was a status symbol. That was a a show of like power and wealth for these rulers. So uh, as you might guess, none of these events, the running of the bulls or anything before that placed a whole lot of importance on the safety and the health of the animals involved. And now that we're in modern times, things have gotten a lot better in general as far as animals in entertainment, but there's still accidents and mishaps. So this is where the American Humane Association comes into play. They're not the Humane Society. That's a different a different thing. This is the American Humane Association. So you've probably seen the no animals were harmed in the making of this movie disclaimer at the end, yes. of, end, the end of movies. So the American Humane's Los Angeles-based film and TV unit is the film and television industry's only officially sanctioned animal monitoring, monitoring program. So That seems like a small number for the number of films that have animals in it. Um, a small number of... Organizations? They're one organization, but there's a ton of people okay, that they can good. send out to, to film and TV. The American Humane Association was founded in 1877, which is way before television and movies. And basically what they did back then was they made sure that farmed animals were treated well. They were re- rehabilitating horses that were used in World War One and making sure that they were taken care of. Um, but what happened was can, can i just say it's funny because i'm pretty sure that is way before we even cared about like children oh yeah no yeah as a, as a species we're just like animals yeah children no. yeah no child labor is fine but take care of that pig please <laughs> <laughs> in 1939 there was a movie called jesse james and in that movie a horse was dumped out of a chute and into a river what? Yeah. What? For the movie. No. To make it look like the horse was falling off a cliff, they actually pushed it off of a chute. Uh, accounts vary whether uh, accounts vary over whether it drowned because it broke its back in the fall, or because it got panic when it hit the water. Either way, it died. So these days, it's largely just remembered as that was the film that got the American Humane Association involved in filmmaking. It's a fair, fair. Yeah. Because that's horrible. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelt, kid. In 1940, so yeah, in 1940, the American Humane Association became the sole monitoring body for the humane humane treatment of animals on the sets of Hollywood films and other broadcast productions. So the first "No Animals Were Harmed" end credit was issued at the end of the movie, the Doberman Doberman Gang, in 1972. I'm sorry, that movie either sounds like it's a gang of dogs. Or, like, everyone's dressed up really snazzy and they all have Dobermans. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's only two options. Or some weird movie about, like, a Little League baseball team or something. Or or a a group of little ragtag kids. 
I, yes. I, I couldn't, I didn't have time to see what the Doberman, Doberman, why do I keep saying Doberman? The Doberman gang. I, don't, I think, let's let everyone just imagine what version of that movie they would like. <laughs> yes. No animals were harmed in the making of this film is a trademarked phrase. So you can't just use that in your film. Darn it. That doesn't stop people. I'll get into that later. So there are various ratings that the American Humane Association gives movies. And so here's, I'm going to run down the list of them. The first one is monitored acceptable. And so what that means is that the significant animal action was supervised. The filmmaker filmmakers cooperated. Everything went great. If there is an animal in a movie, this is what the vast majority of, of film and TV movies or shows get. They get monitored acceptable they get that no animals were harmed in the making of this film at the end and it's great most of the movies get that then there is monitored i don't i don't, I don't like that you keep saying most because that means there's enough that don't there's enough that don't for sure and even in like very very recent times there's enough that don't so the next category is monitored special circumstances now that means that an accident accident injury or death did occur a full investigation revealed that the incident was not a result of negligence or malice on the part of the production or animal suppliers. Okay, so it's unavoidable stuff. It's kind of a shit happened and we try to stop it, but it still happened. Exactly. The next one is monitored unacceptable. That is where the production failed to adhere to the guidelines for the safe use of animals in filmed media or disregarded animal safety leading to improper animal safety and directly caused the injury or death of an animal. Don't like it. Don't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> and the the last category is not monitored, production compliant, which sounds bad, but it just means that the representative couldn't be on the set, but everybody involved with, in the production complied with all the requests by the AHA, like submitting a shooting script, relevant animal scheduling information, and a pre-release screening of the film. So maybe if you're filming something in a remote area of the world and the American Humane Association can't get a person down there to supervise, then there's guidelines that you have to follow. And, you know, as long as you're following them, then you're good. Yeah. I mean, if you're filming in remote Tibet, it's going to be kind of hard to get someone out there. Right. To monitor everything it's... that you're doing. So there's a special set of circumstances and guidelines that you have to follow. And the last category is not monitored, where the producers the producers did not ask or did not allow the AHA to get involved. That's extra sketchy. It is extra sketchy. And do you know when it happened? Here's an example of when it happened. <laughs> oh, God, no. Do you remember the wonderful, delightful children's movie featuring Dudley Moore as the narrator called The Adventures of Milo and Otis? I think I've heard of it. I don't think I've watched it. Yeah, my kids are in their early 20s now, and that was a movie that we had on all the time. We had it on VHS. It was delightful and funny and also really, really bad. And it's a funny movie because when you mention it to people and they're like, oh, that movie was great. I used to show it to my kids. And then you say, well, did you know... And they're like, oh, yeah, that was kind of messed up. So <laughs> I always love those movies when you go back and you watch them and you're like, who okayed this? Who looked at this and said, yeah, throw it in front of kids. <laughs> yeah. And this is that movie. It was filmed in Japan. They did not ask. They did not want the American Humane Association to get involved. It is a story about a kitten and a pug and a bunch of other oh animals God. going on an adventure. Okay. So first off, great premise. Oh, it's great premise. And it's a delightful little film 
other than uh, there's a claim that about 20 kittens died during the course of the filming. No, no. Yes. It took quite a while to film, and the kittens would grow up in that time, and so they had to replace the kitten with another kitten. Nobody really knows what happened to the kittens. And nobody really knows how many kittens and how many puppies were lost. Uh, There's just rumors, but definitely some kittens and puppies died in the making of this movie. Animals. Well, because there's, I'll, I'll tell you how. I'll, I'll describe some scenes from this movie to you. Okay. Okay. I'm not mentally ready, but I'm here. Just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so what made it into the film? Uh, this is not including what what got cut out, but what made it into the film was a scene in which a cat plunges more than a hundred feet off of a cliff into the ocean. No, it's not CGI. No. It's not CGI. You can tell that somebody tossed that kit tossed that cat off of a cliff into the water below you can look it up on youtube and again kids movie kids movie and it's one of those things where you don't think about it until later like how did they get that shot oh they threw a cat off a cliff uh there's another scene where otis that's the pug the little dog Mm -hmm. is shown fighting a bear there's nothing cgi about it there is a bear and a dog fighting one another no yes I thought we were done with bear baiting after the, like, the renaissance. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Oh, God. Nope. Still alive and well in Japan, at least in 1986 when they filmed this movie. Oh. Milo, who's the cat, after he gets thrown off of the cliff, he's shown floating down the river in a wooden crate. And you can tell that the cat is not having any of that. One, cats, even though they do like foxes, do not like water unless they're weird cats, like my sister's cat. Most cats reject it quite avidly, especially in, like, large bodies that they can't control. Right. And that's, yeah, he's just a typical cat like that. Uh, And one more scene that made it into the film was a cat being attacked by a crab. A crab latches onto this cat's paw, and the cat is clearly in pain and trying to get this crab off of its its paw. Why? Why? Like, there's, like, like, first of all, you probably are doing multiple takes of this because angles and crap. Right. So that poor kitten and the crab doesn't know. The crab's just like this giant thing's here. And so it's uncomfortable because you know they probably angered the crab to get it to oh, pl- yeah. latch on the cat's paw. So it's like both animals are awkward in this situation because when will a crab ever meet a kitten? Yeah. It's not natural. No, it's not. None of this. And like, yeah. And there, and there were several other animals in the movie. There were chickens that would get trampled on by either the dog or the cat. <laughs> it was crazy. This movie is crazy. And I think the reason why people didn't question it is because at the end of the credits, they didn't use the no animals were harmed disclaimer, but there was a disclaimer that they made up that said the animals used were filmed under strict supervision with the utmost care for their safety and well-being. You throw a cat off a cliff. That is not... Cat care. Yeah. Cat care 101. Don't throw your cat off a cliff. Yep. (laughs) It's like number one rule. Don't do it. Don't throw a cat off a cliff. Don't make your cat fight a crab. Because, I mean, as we've learned from all those videos of crabs holding knives and stuff, they'll fight you. (laughs) They'll fight a human. Imagine what it'll do to a kitten. Yeah. I've had the displeasure of getting uh, pinched by a crab before on my finger. And they they do not let go. And they pinch hard. 
They're they're in it to win it. Oh yeah, they're no joke. Oh, I didn't even think about that. How did they get the the claw off the kitten? I don't know. That that kitten probably lost part of its paw. Oh god. They might have used the same kitten in a scene where a kitten is limping, and it's not. I mean, you can't train a kitten to limp, so it's not much better. Not much better. <laughs> We at least know it's not dead. <laughs> yeah. That is the low bar you're setting. That's... Well, they're not dead. <laughs> yeah, that is a very, very problematic movie. Even if you only like animals a little bit, that's a problematic movie. Yeah. All right, shall we continue? Yeah. Let, yes. Let, bring, bring on the sadness. Let, let's fast forward to 2006 and a movie called Flicka. Have you seen that movie? It's about horses. Is that about a horse? <laughs> I've seen probably the DVD preview numerous times. Okay. I've never I'm not a horse movie person. Yeah, me neither. I haven't seen it either. But this is pretty recent, right? This is the this has been yeah. 13 years. So this is an example of a film that was monitored with special circumstances and what happened was, let me see, was it one or two horses? It was one horse that died. And what happened was it I'm trying to think. I think it's a horse girl movie, isn't it? Like where some girl has to tame this horse. It's one of those. Yeah. It's a horse girl movie, which is why I didn't watch it. Yeah. I watched the one where the girl, instead of taming a horse, she got a zebra to be a racehorse because why? (laughs) Oh, no. I think it's called Racing Stripes. I think it's that dumb of a title. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Lindsay Lohan might be in it or one of someone who looks like Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) All right, uh, Flicka, 2006 movie. Two or- I just realized that sounds like a different type of movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that's really bad. I just realized, I'm like, oh, that sounds... Maybe because I just went to Chicago and everyone was like, you got to go flick the bean. And I was just like, please stop. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Horse movie. Horse movie. (laughs) Two horses died in that movie. One horse uh, had a compound fracture fracture of its right rear tibia. It made a misstep. And a veterinarian that was on the set supervising the film at the time, he identified the injury as very rare and of such severity that euthanasia was the most humane option. Okay, that's kind of fair, though. Like, they're like, it kind of just happened. Yeah. You know, like, it happens and they didn't want the animal to be in pain. That's fair. It's not like... You know, throwing a kitten off a cliff. Right. Yeah. Um, the news at that time said that the horse stepped in a hole, and that's what caused it to, to break its leg. But they they went around and they checked where the horse was running. They didn't find any holes. They didn't find any debris. That horse's death was just purely accidental. It could not have been predicted or prevented, and it just happened. Another horse died because it tripped on its lead rope, the 13-foot-long rope. Uh, It fell to the ground and broke its neck. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, This scene was performed with four horses, 12 professional cowboys, and four pickup truck riders in a controlled environment under the supervision of four American Humane Certified Animal Safety Representatives. So while they were filming this scene, the horse got loose from the the cowboy who was loading who was holding its lead rope in about 20 seconds time the horse changed direction f- stepped on the rope fell down broke its neck um, yeah that's the thing about dealing with those bigger animals is if they change direction or did they decide they're doing something they're doing it you know oh yeah especially horses they're smart 
they're huge and they have a mind of their own. Yeah. So So that's kind of another freak accident too. So they just had two freak accidents. Two freak accidents. Um fortunately the the horse that died of a broken neck probably died instantaneously so there was no unlike the horse with the broken leg there was no pain or suffering it just died the people who watched the horse break its leg they must have been like kind of traumatized cuz i'm i'm pretty sure horses like other animals scream and oh yeah if you've ever heard an animal scream it haunts your dreams oh yeah for sure i've only heard mice scream which i did not know they could scream <laughs> they do so even though both of these horses died uh, under circumstances that were unforeseeable and unfortunate and just accidents, they were not, the American Humane Society did not use the no animals were harmed disclaimer on this movie because they couldn't because animals died. Yeah. So the modified language in the end credits of Flicka is American Humane monitored the animal action. And that's that. That's very like, it's very terse in a sense that you're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, then. Are you ready for an example of an unacceptable movie according to the American Humane Association? I feel like the answer is always no, but just tell me. <laughs> just like, like We're just going to add the red flag to the red flag mountain that's been building. <laughs> Are you familiar with the movie Speed Racer from 2008? It's kind of a, a live action version of a, of a cartoon that was popular back in the 60s. I know of Speed Racer. I don't think I've ever watched it okay. either form. Another movie, it's pretty good, pretty good movie. Uh, there are animals in it, of course. During the filming of this production, there were some piranhas that were acquired from a local su supplier of fish. There were professionals who set up the fish tank. They were in charge of ma maintaining the tank while on set. And even though they did this, five of the piranhas died. And they didn't know, they couldn't determine why those piranhas died. So even though the American Humane doesn't believe that intentional mistreatment was a factor that contributed to the rating of the film. There were chimps in this film that were used interchangeably <laughs> to portray one chimp called Chim Chim. Yes, as you do. As you do. <laughs> to having a chimps in a race car movie, yes. Sure. Oh yeah, he's he's a main character in the cartoon too, so they couldn't leave Chim Chim out. Okay. Yeah. He he was he had to be there. So one of the characters with whom the chimp interacts, is his name is Sprittle, and he's the younger brother of Speed Racer. A report from the American Hu... I'm, I'm just going to call him the AHA because it's too much. So a, a safety representative from the AHA noted that early into production, the younger, chip, the younger chimp bit the arm of the stand-in for the actor that played Sprittle. The bite didn't break the skin, but it left a bruise. The chimp was removed from the set and given a long rest period. The boy was examined and treated by the medic. The animal didn't really display any aggression. It didn't give any warning prior to the sudden bite. It just occurred while the chimp was seated next to this kid. So, in response to that, the production went to great effort, great effort and expense to provide safe working conditions for both the animals and the young performers. So, all the action between the young boy and the chimp was filmed against a green screen so that the animals and the child could be filmed separately from one another. Nobody's in any danger. That seems smart. Yeah. Unfortunately, toward the end of the filming, during a training session in the presence of the humane American humane representative, the trainer in an uncontrolled impulse hit the chimpanzee. Uh, what? He hit it. I don't think it says why, but he's, he, he hauled off and hit the chimp. The representative, the representative stopped the session immediately notified production and demanded the trainer be reprimanded and that the trainers abide by their written assurance 
that only positive reinforcement training techniques be used with the, chimp the chimpanzees. The trainer's action was in violation of American Humane's guidelines and a signed agreement with the production. The animal wasn't injured, but the American Humane found that to be completely inexcusable, unacceptable behavior in the use of any animal. Uh, even though this incident didn't occur during the cause of filming, uh, you know, no animal should be physically punished in the process of training, management, performance. And uh, yeah, it was just a really, really bad thing that cost them that disclaimer that no animals were harmed in the making of this film. Even though it wasn't on screen, even though it was a one-time incident, they did not get that disclaimer. And if you go to their website, they list that as an unacceptable movie. I wonder if it was the same chimp. Like It doesn't say which chimp it was. They were using two chimps. One was two years old and one was three years old. They were using them interchangeably, and uh, they don't really give the names of the chimps, so it's hard to tell which one of the chimps got hit. Yeah, but wouldn't it be, like, it seems maybe suspicious if, like, they, out of sight, maybe the chimps were treated a little differently, or that chimp had had some issues that they weren't up front with, and so the trainer was getting frustrated and hit him because it was something else going on. Sure, and that that's entirely possible. And there's a lot of there's a lot of variables there, right? You know, maybe the trainer just had a bad day. You know, maybe the chimp just had a bad day. It's there's really no excuse to hit an animal like that. Yeah, and chimps are really smart too. Oh, they're some of the smartest animals that are not humans by far. Yeah, I always am shocked when people want them as pets because they're stronger than us. And they're smart, and if they're angry, you're not going to win. That is a really bad idea, because they have killed people. They ripped a lady's face they, off! They will... Alright, well, the next movie is Zookeeper from 2011. Is that the Matt Damon one? I believe so. Is Matt Damon in that one? Let's look. Oh, wait, no, no, is that... We Bought a Zoo is with Matt Damon. Is this the, the Nazi one? Hang on, I'm looking it up. I think this is the Nazi one. This is a uh, Kevin James movie. That's really why I don't know it. Yeah. Kevin James, Adam Sandler, it's that movie. Uh, a giraffe died. An 18-year-old giraffe died because he was eating pieces of the blue tarp that covered his cage. American Humane conducted investigations. They found that the death was unpreventable. There was no indication of mistreatment or neglect. They did a necropsy on it. Nothing alarming about their necropsy. And any health issue that the giraffe might have had was probably related to its age, because 18 is pretty old for a giraffe. So. Um, they did get the American, the uh, the disclaimer, no animals were harmed disclaimer, mm -hmm. and they were fine, but PETA protested anyway because that's what PETA does. They just love a good protest, a bad protest. Really, they just like making signs and throwing red paint on people. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Do you watch any of the Lord of the Rings movies? Yes. Okay. I love I love them, and I feel like I'm going to be very disappointed. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey from 2012. Which is arguably the best of that trilogy. And it, and it is a good movie, and I like them too. And yeah, they're, they're, they're good movies. So the animal wranglers that were involved with making that film claim that the production company is responsible for the deaths of up to 27 animals at a farm in Wellington, New Zealand. Largely because... That's a, they, that's a lot. That's a lot. They were all kept at a farm filled with bluffs, sinkholes, and other death traps. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is their quote. Bluffs, sinkholes, and other death traps. <laughs> the 
that just sounds like I don't know a video game or something like that. Like you're going to like an escape room and there's bluff sinkholes and other yeah. death traps. Not somewhere you store animals. There was actually a big investigation into the not the film but the AHA and their practices and what what they were doing on the set of that film. Uh, the AHA says that the, that no animals were harmed during the actual filming, but it also says that the Wranglers' complaints highlight shortcomings in its system, which, monitor, which monitors film sets, but not the facilities where the animals are housed and trained. That seems fair, because the giraffe died because it was eating, you know, the tarp, and so they weren't watching, like, hey, like, don't you think you would notice if something, like, it's eating the tarp, and then if you, you should... Go also go check where animals are living right it's like a child you don't just check it the child when it's at school like social workers check the home environment you know you got to check where the animals are e when they're not at school exactly and so that's what the hum the american humane association was not doing they were not supervising the farm because the farm was not on the set so a spokesman for the director peter jackson acknowledged that horses goats chicken and one sheep died at the farm in wellington where there were about 150 animals that were that were there, they were housed there for the movies. But he said some of them were deaths from natural causes, which can happen. Yeah. Peter Jackson actually adopted some of the pigs after the filming of that movie. <laughs> I always love when they do that because in the in the original Lord of the Rings movies, um, Viggo Mortensen adopted his horse, and his uh, I think one of the stunt people got really like really cared for their horse and. They couldn't afford it, so he bought it for them, too. Yeah, that's nice. It's always nice. <laughs> sure. Let's throw some animal happiness in with all the animal injury and death. Yeah. So the AHA released a statement. It said that the animals were not under their jurisdiction, but it called the deaths of the animals, which reported, reportedly took place on a working farm, needless and unacceptable. The, Amer the AHA didn't further investigate, and eventually they made up their own little disclaimer for the end of that movie. So the disclaimer at the end of that movie says that the AHA monitored all of the significant animal action. No animals were harmed during such action. So while <laughs> they were just... being filmed, they were fine. I'm going to call some bullshit on that because it <laughs> it's basically seems like a law lawyer. -y. They were like, OK, lawyer, please <laughs> yeah. save our asses because we did not check where the animals were sleeping and on their days off. Pretty much. And it's interesting because the AHA online has a website and you can go in that directory and look at every movie where there was basically every movie where there was an animal involved. And they will tell you in detail what happened on that set, how the animals were treated, what the rating was that was given to them, all the information on a movie where there was an animal used. Three Lord of the Rings movies and two Hobbits movies are listed in that directory. Guess which one is missing? The first Hobbit movie? Yes. <laughs> they have swept that one right under the rug. You cannot find their rating of that movie anywhere. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That just, that makes it shadier when you hide it instead of being like, hey, we learn from this. We're going to adapt and move on. Instead, you're just like, this does not, don't look behind the curtain. Exactly. That's There's what they did. There's nothing behind the curtain. Yeah. Which is a Hobbit movie. It's, it's made millions and billions of dollars people are gonna look that shit up yeah so yeah they weren't they weren't terribly uh honest or transparent with that one they did not own that one <laughs> it's just they it's just like it never happened uh it's not the best life choices so uh one more the well i don't it's not one more because i have a bunch more 
but we'll just we'll buzz through them. We'll we'll buzz through some of them really quick. We'll do a a speed round after this one. We'll do a speed round after this one. <laughs> the 2012 movie Life of Pi. Have you seen that one? Yes. Okay. I have not seen it, but I just know there's a giant CGI tiger and on a boat, and I was like, that's not smart. Tigers should not be on a boat with a human. Well, aren't you smart? Yes, you are. <laughs> You are you are thinking more clearly than the people involved in the movie were. Yeah, no, tigers don't like water. They are well, actually, tigers do like water. They like yeah, water they a do. lot. So yeah, it's. But the, I'm just thinking if you're in the middle of a situation, it could be stressful. Yes. So yeah, it's the story of a boy lost at sea with a tiger. A large portion of it was shot on the water. As you said, the, a lot of it was CGI, but there were a number of scenes involving a real tiger named King, and those scenes were shot in a in a water tank. The Hollywood Reporter, which compiled a report of alleged abuses on film sets, claimed that during one scene, King nearly drowned and had to be dragged to safety with a catch rope. Oh my god. Yeah. Why can't you just do a, a small tank, like, where there's only a little bit of water? Just CGI that shit. You're already cgi <laughs> I don't know. a tiger! Come on! <laughs> You're already paying to CGI the tiger. I th- it, like, it's gotta be easier to just, like, depth the water. You have other shots. I yeah, I don't know. So this poor di- this poor tiger, he almost died. A representative for the AHA, her name was Gina Johnson, and she sent out an email and I guess the email got leaked or it got it got somebody got a hold of the email. And part of the email, she said, "I have downplayed the f out of it." Oh, that's that's good. Solid solid professionalism in that email. And uh no. Yeah. I don't care if it's an Oscar contender. Don't almost kill a fucking tiger. <laughs> yeah. After that email came out and people saw it, she left. She had to resign. Yeah, probably a great idea. And I, you know, I didn't bother to see what that rating got from the AHA life. Um, probably almost killed a tiger rating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's an actual rating, but I'm going with it. <laughs> Animal almost died rating. We should have CGI'd the tiger <laughs> or faked it was in water. I should I don't. Know. I should have done this ahead of time. But let me see if I can let me see if I can I can find it. <laughs> so here's something interesting. That movie The Life of Pi, if you go on the AHA website, guess what? It's not Is it not there? It's not there. <laughs> We've uncovered a conspiracy. <laughs> they don't like saying uh, when they've screwed up. Is what we're learning here. Oh, it's just it, like empires. You should always admit when you fuck up because everyone will know. Yeah. Otherwise. All right. So you ready for a speed round? Yes. Okay. Here are films where animals actually died on camera in the movie. All right. A, it, this yep. is a, a little a short history. In 1903, our buddy Thomas Edison made a short film called "Electrocuting an Elephant." Guess what happened in yep. this movie? <laughs> He actually electrocuted an elephant. Yes, for the sake of a paying audience. Edison's an asshole, in case anyone was oh, wondering my opinion on him. Totally. Complete garbage asshole. Garbage person. Yeah, absolute garbage. The 1925 version of Ben-Hur claimed the lives of a human stuntman and five horses. In 1939, the movie Stagecoach, they invented a, a glorified tripwire to show horses just wiping out, and that actually killed or crippled several horses. We don't know exactly how many but when you see those horses turfing out in that movie, they've probably broken their legs and died. 1973 movie, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, a scorpion is shown being killed. There are live chickens that are shown getting their heads blown off by a gun and a horse being shot in the neck. Why? Why? Unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. Yep. 
the 1979 movie Apocalypse Now depicted the <sighs> ritual slaughter of a buffalo. This was not staged or planned. This was just happened to be going on at the time, and they filmed it because they had their equipment set up, and they added it to the movie. And if you watch that movie, uh, you know, it's like, wow, they just cut that buffalo's head off. Yeah. That's it's, great. It's yeah. pretty disturbing. Here's a good one. The 1980 movie Heaven's Gate. Now, the AHA was not allowed on the set. They did not want them anywhere near their production. That's always the first sign it's not good. Giant red flag. We'll add it to the mountain. We'll put it on the top. That's the biggest red flag at all of all. So the the production is accused of killing at least four horses, bleeding other horses from the neck, disemboweling cows, accidentally blowing up a horse and its rider with diamond dynamite, even though they're... they're <laughs> The writer survived that, staging actual cockfights and decapitating a chicken. I'm sorry, how do you accidentally blow up a, like a horse and rider? I don't know. Thank you. I've never seen this movie, and I'm kind of curious now, just because like most of the time with stunts, they're very like on top of it. They're trying not to kill people. Yeah. No, it was ex- oops, oopsie daisy, blew up that horse. I'm sure that's what they were saying on there, not a room full of expletives. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. Go pick up my friend who's almost been exploded. The AHA, they actually picketed screaming screenings of that film. They protested that film. They're also a fan of protesting? In that case, they were. They were like, uh-uh, we didn't have anything to do with this mess. <laughs> this gar- this dumpster fire of uh, treatment of animals, we weren't, we weren't a part of that one. Almost drowning a tiger? Yeah, we were a part of that one. We tried to hide it, but that dumpster fire we're not a part of. <laughs> oh, I I hate laughing at that, but that's absolutely true. We're just going to cover up that dumpster fire. We're just going to slowly smother it. <laughs> the tiger dumpster fire, we're just going to, and the Lord of the Rings dumpster fire, we're just going to smother those ones. Yeah. That one, we're going to, like, we're going to, while we put this one on, like, full display. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The same year, 1980, this is the most upsetting one to me. There was a movie called Cannibal Holocaust, and they showed a sea turtle being dismembered. A sea turtle. Sea turtles are gentle giants. Yeah. They're basically dinosaurs. Why do we have to hurt them so? That is, that's the toughest one for me. Like, I, that one, like, they're all tough, but uh, why a sea turtle, dudes? Why? And think about it. You could probably get a sea turtle model at that point. Like, there's really no excuse. Yeah. Also, they probably were still endangered. In 1980, oh yeah, they were they were for sure in trouble. They've been in trouble for a long time. Yeah, so that's great. Let's take an endangered animal and butcher it on screen. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. And then uh, the final one is in 2007, there was a Disney movie called Snow Buddies. And... They don't know how or why they died. They got the they got the little disclaimer, but several puppies died in that movie because they had infectious diseases. Oh, yeah. you kind of can't help that, but still. You can't help it, but it happened. I don't know exactly how many puppies died, but uh, yeah, some, some puppies died. And uh, yeah, un- that's unfortunate. And you know what's sad is that's an Airbud sequel, whatever number. It is. Yes. And actually, me and my son were talking about Air Bud because I was telling him what we were talking about in this movie. And he had actually seen something on YouTube or something, some sort of documentary where they talked about how well the animals on Air Bud were taken care of. So, yeah. Yeah, Like I said, the majority of these movies that have animals in them are, you know, above board, treating the animals as best as they can, you know, and they're they're great. 
It's just the little outliers here and there that, that can get pretty rough. Oh, yeah. So, as oh, I'm sorry, go on. I was going to say, if you need a happy animal ending story, I can talk about uh, Seth Rogen's encounter with a tiger. Oh, yeah, please. On, on, the, on the movie that um, almost put us to war with North Korea. Because <laughs> there's a tiger in that movie. And I've watched the... Um, I've watched the interview several times. He's like on Graham Norton show, which is a British talk show. And he goes, yeah, we were shooting like in Toronto. And they're like, he's like, can't we just CGI tiger? And they're like, oh, we don't have budget for that. We barely have a budget. And he's like, okay. They're like, we'll get a tiger. He's like, so the tiger wrangler and his son come in. And he goes, yeah, we got this tiger from a stripper. Again, do not have exotic pets. (laughs) And he's like, okay, when are you going to shoot this? You know, um, they're like, they don't really, like, it's not a good idea to do it in, like, big open spaces. They're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be in a big open space. Um, well, what time are you doing it? Well, we're planning to do it at night. Well, not the best idea. They hunt at night. And you just see Seth Rogen just sitting, he's like, just sitting there like, what is happening? <laughs> he goes, is it safe to do this? He goes, it's like 80% safe. So yeah, we can oh, do it. God. We can do it. And he, and then when they're doing, he's like, yeah, my, we're going to have my son here because my son has a better relationship with the tiger. And you just like, Seth Rogen's like, I was just like, what is happening? Like, so we almost died probably, oh, but geez. everyone, everybody turned out okay. They got shot. The tiger is safe. I'm assuming back with its owner, the stripper, but. That would scare yeah. the hell out of me. Like if you said, yeah, you can take that pill. There's an 80% chance that you're going to, you know, it's not going to kill you. I'm probably not going to take that pill. Yeah. It's just watching him tell the story and he's just like, he's like, the whole time they were just like, probably him and James Franco going back and forth like, is this, a, do we need this scene? Do we really need this scene <laughs> of us crawling in like Kim Jong-un's uh, tiger pen? Mm-hmm. So just know, some actors are just as nervous to work with tigers. When the tiger is just laying there. Oh, yeah. I would be, for sure. <laughs> they can maul your face off. Not as much as a chimp, but they can still maul your face off. <laughs> yeah, that that can be dangerous. Um, So one more thing, if I can. Yes. Okay, so we, we mentioned that the no animals were harmed in the making of this film is trademarked. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes movie producers will have a completely unauthorized no animals were harmed statement in the credits. And when that happens, the AHA has to stin- has to send the studios and distributors connected to it, a cease and desist letter that demands the unauthorized disclaimers be removed from the theatrical and DVD releases of the movies. So here is a list of a few movies that have done that. And some of these I have never heard of, and some of these I have definitely heard of. There's a movie called 222, uh, Adam, District 9, which I've heard of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an alien movie, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Easy Virtue, never heard of that one. How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. Shrink, which I think I've heard of, a movie yeah. a movie called Tamara Drew, and <laughs> The King's Speech. What? The King's Speech had an unauthorized, no animals were harmed in the making of this film at the end of their movie. <laughs> it's an Oscar winning film. Right? Yeah. That who forgot? <laughs> who, well, it's not that who forgot, who, yeah, I guess who forgot and who made the decision to put that in there anyway. <laughs> Thinking that would be that it would be okay and that nobody was going to notice. I just imagine them having to go up to your door and knock it and like we need to exchange DVDs. 
<laughs> they have to go exchange all the DVDs and redo it. Oh my god, that's gotta cost them so much money. Yeah, somebody got fired. Oh, someone definitely got fired on that one. Somebody got super fired. So yeah, there's a little history of uh, animals in film and TV and movies. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh. Paul, do you want to tell them where they can find your lovely show, Varmints? I would love to. It's called Varmints. It is the only podcast called Varmints uh, on the internet, as far as I know. And we talk about, we talk about, we, we don't talk about animals dying. We try not to do that. So this is very off-brand for what we do. We have a family, <laughs> family-friendly family podcast. We cover a, a single animal in one show. We tell you a little bit about that animal. We tell you where it appears in pop culture. And it's a lot of fun. And hopefully it's also funny and people laugh at it. And, and it's a nice show. And, and yeah, please go listen to it and enjoy it. And you will not be bummed out when you listen to that show because we will not talk about horses and puppies dying. I promise. We don't do that. Yeah, go listen to it after this one to pick yourself back up to know that, yeah, we aren't all horrible to animals. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and just imagine James Franco crawling around with a tiger with an 80% chance of dying. That would make me laugh. <laughs> hey, it was great to come here and talk to you about this stuff because, like I say, I don't get to talk about this stuff normally on my podcast. And this yeah. kind of stuff is just, it's a bummer, but it's fascinating to me at the same time. Oh, it's its like a train crash or car crash. You, you can't help but watch. Yeah. And you feel horrible, but you still like are sitting there just like between your fingers, like watching this. Yep. Yep. And if you've listened for this long, if you're at this point, thanks for hanging in there. Yes. Thank you. I'll see you guys again next week with a different guest. I can't remember off the top of my head who it is, but get excited. <laughs> Bye. Hey, I thought I'd do something fun for my birthday month this year. And I would like you guys to play along. I would like you to do a tag with this podcast. So either share it with someone who's your best friend or someone you think would enjoy it. But I think that would be the best gift is you guys sharing the podcast. Maybe, you know, if you're stuck in the car for a couple hours, force your whole family to listen to a couple episodes. I don't know. Have fun with it. Also, if you do it, please tag me in any pictures because I would love to see all the friendship sharing podcast memories. Hey, my name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we do a bunch of research on it and facts about that. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether a tasty dish, intelligent we think it is, scale of one to... It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. Except with more poo jokes. New episodes go live every Thursday wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Or you can visit us at blazingcariboustudios.com. <laughs> Varmints! Varmints! <laughs> I'm Chelsea, and I love true crime. And I'm David, and I love horror And we co-host Based on a True Crime, a podcast where we discuss the real cases that inspired some of the most gruesome crimes and criminals to grace the big and small You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play if you're interested in hearing the true stories behind some really great movies, including In Cold Blood, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, and Murder by Numbers. So grab some popcorn with extra fake butter topping, of course. And join us as we explore just how much of the movies that kept you awake at night. Cults of Domesticity, we're available on all podcatchers. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to help spread the word, or just force other people to listen to it. Our Facebook and Twitter are at 
Domestic Podcast, and our Instagram is at the Cult of Domesticity. We also have podcast merch at Threadless. Uh, as well, if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation, we have a PayPal tip jar and a Patreon, which has some pretty great perks. Any topic suggestions, feel free to email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com. Remember to stay domestic and cult-free.